0: The promise, yes, and amen. You will do great things, God. You do great things. Oh, he-
1: Good morning, everybody. So good to see you all today. Hopefully you've been able to grab a donut, some coffee, get some treats on your way in. Man, it's so exciting to be able to just gather together and worship Jesus. Amen? We're thinking about his goodness and his greatness. God has done great things for us, and we get to celebrate that. Every day that we gather, every day that we come, we worship, and we lift up praises to his name, we're acknowledging that Jesus is King and Lord of our lives So when we lift up praises, that's what we're doing. Hey, uh, take a minute just to stand up, uh, say hey to the people around you, and maybe just share something cool that you did this weekend. Let's continue in worship as we sing this song together. praise we we'll sing your praise we we'll sing your praise forever we lifts your name we lifts your name
0: Jesus overall we'll see
1: with his disciples one day and they were down by a river and john the baptizer saw them and he said look the lamb of god who comes to take away the sins of the world jesus the messiah the lamb of god who paid the price for us to have a right relationship with god the father that's who we worship he's our king so as we sing this together we think about just what he did for us on the cross and that he defeated death and sin and satan all in one fell swoop And so we get to worship in the finished work of Christ today. Let's sing this together.
2: third graders you are welcome to head over to Miss Sam to go to your classes
3: holding the door open and it's already open Jackson that works (laughs) How are you this morning? You doing good? School's all done? Uh huh. Uh-huh. For everybody now? Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three, yay. One, two, three. Yay! Yeah. Yeah! Yeah! Woo! I better not be too loud, otherwise, I'll hurt everybody's ears. So, how about we pray a minute as you go to learn more about Jesus and we also get ready to hear more about Jesus, okay? Let's pray. God, thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Thank you that as we look outside at your creation and we know that you take care of it, even more will you take care of us. Lord, we pray for uh, my little friends here this morning, Lord, my little brothers and sisters. I pray that, God, they will come to know your good love and they'll be encouraged this morning by your words and what you have to say to them. We also pray that for ourselves as we get ready to hear your word in just a little while. But Lord, take care of them, um, and may they know your goodness to them. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. All right. See you guys. Here, I just stand here. All right. Leah, I'm going to invite Leah up this morning. I'm just going to hand you the microphone while I'm standing here. Leah is our watershed council uh, representative, and then she has an announcement for us, update, financial update, and is going to pray for us. So I'll give you center stage.
4: Thanks, Aaron. Good morning. Um, my name is Leah Petrulia, and we are halfway through the year, which is crazy when you think about it, um, and we are uh, ready to talk about just where we are as a congregation, as a church, financially. This is such a fun announcement for me to make. Um, So I'm just going to read this letter that the council put together, and it's getting talked about at all the congregations this morning. And first, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness and your flexibility and patience as Hardaway has navigated the past two years of this pandemic. This time has brought many disruptions and challenges, but we are so thankful to have now returned to full programming across campus. It is good to see the busy life of this campus in full swing as we move into the summer months. As the reality of this pandemic settled in the leadership of Hardaway had honest discussions about how this could affect finances staffing levels programming and even the overall structure of our ministry into the future and thankfully you the people of Hardaway were incredibly faithful during this time with your financial gifts and time that we invested into our ministry our ministry and staff have flourished in many ways and technology has been embraced so the word can be received wherever our worship communities feel most comfortable. Now, new challenges are creating new financial pressure on us all, including Hardwick. Our ministry was blessed to start 2022 with an operating cash position of 400,000, or about three months of budgeted expenses, thanks to a strong year-end giving. Over the last several months, income has fallen to 71% of the budget the lowest to date in five years. Operating cash has fallen to 250,000 or just under two months of budgeted expenses. And this trend has caused concern for the leadership of Hardawake, yet we continue to lean forward in faith for God's provision. So how can you walk beside Hardawake going forward? Your faithful and consistent financial support is so beneficial as we go into the busy summer months of travel and vacation. The giving tab on the Hardaway.com website provides for many options and ways to set up reoccurring giving and as does your local bank and more and more people are turning to preset reoccurring giving to Hardawake. and if you've not done yet done that yet we invite you to try it. Once again thank you for your time and commitments to Hardawake ministries in many ways. It is deeply appreciated. So I just want to say thank you for letting us get up here and just honestly hearing the position we're in and receiving it, and we just know that God's going to do wonderful things. He loves this church. Um, We've had a challenging couple years, but it's been really good to see all these seats starting to fill up, and we know that moving forward, he's still going to provide for us. Would you join me in prayer for the sermon? Heavenly Father, we know you love us, and we know you love this church, and we know that over the last couple years, we have Faithfully been able to bring all of our challenges and concerns um, to your to your feet, and you you listen and you answer, and you ask us to come to you with our burdens. And so, whether it be just a certain walk of life an individual is going through right now, or just the overall challenges that uh, the the nation and the community are facing right now, we know that you hear them. We know that you receive them, and we know that you uh, work in wonderful, amazing ways. So thank you for the faithfulness and the commitment that you have shown us. And please bless Aaron this morning as he delivers the message. Thank you for his leadership and his just authenticity over the last couple years. We are so grateful for everything you've done for Heart Awake. In your name we pray, amen.
3: all right yeah that's always the fun one leah so thank you for standing up um but again just reiterate i think it's always as as a leader of a congregation in a community you know walking with other leaders open communication is important transparency because if we don't um then there's no trust and so um being the church together is really walking together in these things so Again, thanks for that. Um, as, as in any family, how many of you had fun family conversations? You know, I, I remember those days like, when all of a sudden my parents wanted to have conversations, and you're like, I've really got to sit at the table for this one. And it was sort of like looking at, we still had you know, little slides. You remember the uh, good old-fashioned you know, put up the slide projector thing? That was, it was like watching slides. Really? We have to sit here and listen to click, click. Click. And this is when we went click. So anyways, uh, we are, this summer, I'm going to transition, and there's no good way to transition after that. (laughs) Uh, We are journeying this summer in everyday wisdom. We're looking at, in particular, uh, the book of Proverbs, um, and then we'll also be diving in a little bit to Job and Ecclesiastes. These are what we know in the Old Testament and in the scriptures as wisdom literature. So there's a way of writing, there's a way of communicating That's different than telling you like a history lesson, right? They're trying to communicate a truth like we talked about last week. Wisdom is really best understood as a life lived with God and a life lived in light of God, right? Wisdom is best understood biblically. Right? Everybody else, you may find different definitions of wisdom anywhere and everywhere else in the world, but in the church and as followers of God, as followers of Jesus, we believe that wisdom ultimately comes from God and is God's. So, like I said last week, if we get God wrong, we will get wisdom wrong. We won't know what is wise. And today, as we're going to dive in, we won't know what is foolishness either. But as we dive into a little bit more of Proverbs uh, this morning, last week I brought this graphic up from the Bible Project. If you don't know them, the Bible Project does a great, uh, very accessible ways of communicating what is, you know, what are the books of the Bible saying, different isolated topics. They do podcasts actually right now on Proverbs. Those are available. But Proverbs, it's important for us to understand, are not promises. Proverbs are probabilities. That if, it's sort of an if-then type thing. If you live this way, then you got a good chance it's going to happen this way. This is probably going to be the outcome. Books like Job and Ecclesiastes remind us that sometimes sin gets involved, <laughs> so it doesn't always happen that way, right? It's a descriptor about how life generally works, not something that's prescriptive, Right? It doesn't determine life to be that way. And it's important as we think about Proverbs in particular, we always got to keep them set in the whole, not only the whole of Scripture, but also with other Proverbs. Okay, so Proverbs we're diving in. But this morning, I want to make sure as we're talking about, again, wisdom and living with God, living in light of God, that we set it in the whole context of God's story. Right? Human story, our story, the Bible story is a story that moves from creation to new creation. Right? And in the middle of that creation, new creation, we know there's a fall. That sin gets involved. That's why promises or proverbs are probabilities, not promises. Right? In the fall, there's sin. There's brokenness, as we're going to talk about today. There's foolishness. Right? There's a way to live, and there's also ways not to (laughs) There's ways that will get you in trouble in life and there are other ways that will lead you to it. The fall always impacts our story. That's why a proverb can't be a promise because we are are not perfect people, right? We get it wrong. Even our best intentions are filled with just areas inherent that have the, the fall in it. However, we know we have a God who redeems, who brings things back to him. That God wasn't going to let the fall win, right? Wasn't going to let sin win. And so God is casting out, we hear in Proverbs, wisdom calls aloud. Last week I said, remember, Jesus is the full embodiment of wisdom. So we see Jesus, in Jesus, the full wisdom of God. But God's wisdom calls out to us, cries out to us, trying to bring us back into the way it's supposed to be. Not under the rain and the realm of sin and brokenness. So this morning, I want to keep that in our minds as we read Proverbs, you always have a little bit of the fall involved and then you have God trying to redeem. So this morning, let's dive in. We're going to go to Proverbs 1. If you don't know where Proverbs is, it's almost smack dab in the middle of the Bible because the Psalms that happened just before it, one of the longest books of the Bible, right? It's the Psalms are the songbook, the prayers of God's people. Proverbs then becomes the wisdom for God's people. But as we talk about foolishness today, we're going to pick up in chapter 1, verse 20. Let's hear God's word together. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the walls, she cries out the city gate. She makes her speech known. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke, my correction, and then I'll pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. It's one of those, you chose this. Right, I will mock when calamity overtakes you, because oftentimes we see the mocker mocks. Right? But the reverse happens. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, right? then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look to me but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple, that'll kill them. The complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. This is God's word for us this morning. Thanks be to God. So what is? Last week we said, what is, fool- what is wisdom? Today we're going to say, what is foolishness? Just as we heard earlier on in chapter 1 last week that wisdom is ultimately the fear of the Lord. Foolishness is this. We hear again, what does the word say? Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge. The word hate here means to be an enemy of. They were an enemy of all that was, as we heard earlier in chapter 1, just, right, fair. Anything that reflects and resembles the goodness of God. They did not fear the Lord. So when we get God wrong, what happens? Foolishness is present. There is a reverse because of the fall, because of sin. There is something other other than wisdom out there in the world. There is something else pulling at our heartstrings. There is something else influencing us, pushing us, and driving us. As much as wisdom cries aloud to us, foolishness is hanging around at the corner, calling to us as well. But at the heart of it, foolishness is a lack of understanding who God is. And that we bend our knee to Him. Because if we don't, then we're not going to find out what wisdom truly is. So what then are the faces? I'm going to call it this morning, the faces of foolishness. Our text gives us three different faces this morning of foolishness. As wisdom cries out, says, how long will you who are simple... Love your simple ways. Now, simple doesn't mean here like that you uh, don't have a college degree or um, you know, haven't uh, uh, reached the ladder of success. Le- simple doesn't mean that you don't have means or, or do or don't have means. Simple here means gullible. <laughs> simple here means that you're open to everything. And if you've ever heard the phrase, you fall for, or if you're open okay now let me get it straight (laughs) if you stand for nothing you fall for fill in the blank everything right you don't have any parameters you're just hey whatever (laughs) right the simple love they delight in whatever I don't need no man whatever you say how about this whatever's good for you it's good for you that's not present in our culture at all today, is it? I'm sure none of us have that in our bones. Right? We want to mean well to others. We want, hey, whatever's good for you, right? Because we don't want to be judgmental. Amen. Right? We don't want to be a jerk. Amen. Right? We don't want to be controlling and overbearing. Amen. Like all those things. Yes. But does that mean that there's not truth? Does that mean that there's not wisdom? No. No. There is still a truth, especially if we bend our knee to God, especially if we fear him. He created the world, knows how to direct it, and says, here's a best-lived life, which means some other ways aren't the best-lived life. And the simple just says, hey, whatever, and delights in it. Goes on, the next face that we see is the mocker, right? who loves to mock, delights in mocking. Think about this, the arrogant, right? It's the person who thinks they know it all. You ever run into those? How about any of you see that in the mirror? Don't raise your hand. Don't, don't raise your hand. <laughs> right, when we think we have the answer and then we're going to push and we're going to push and we're going to spout it out on Twitter, we're going to spout it out on our Instagram, right? I'm going to make sure you know how much of a fool you are And then we don't remember that Jesus says that calling our brother or sister a fool is the equivalent of killing them. That as we talk about foolishness this morning, while we can identify truth and foolishness, wisdom, right, and the fool, it doesn't mean that we get to go around and be something other. The mocker delights in, in pointing the finger. As, one, as the simple says, whatever, the mocker says, uh-uh, not whatever, it's my way or the highway. Right? That's another face of foolishness. The third face of foolishness this morning is that fools hate knowledge. In this sense, it goes, it's the equivalent of saying, I don't mean to hear what you have to say. It's somebody who shuts off their ears. Right? It's somebody who says, I, all, I, I'm, I may not be arrogant about it, but I've learned everything I need to learn, and I don't need to learn anything else. You can't teach me anything. They're not teachable. Have you ever run across somebody who's not teachable? Have you ever dealt with some of that in your own spirit? Right? Again, some of these things all kind of revolve around that, that great I, right? It's me. I'm in control, I know what's best. Whether it's do whatever you want, whether it's the world is only the way I think it should be, whether it's I've got it all figured out, I don't need to listen to you. Either way, these are some of the faces of what foolishness actually looks like. Proverbs will continue to talk about things then like laziness. That's, that's a face of foolishness, but laziness oftentimes is driven by one of these three. Right? When I'm I'm lazy, I don't, whatever, whatever, you know, I kind of end up being, yeah, whatever. Right? Or the troublesome person, Proverbs will say. Well, the troublesome per- person seems to be more of that mocker, right? They don't mind pushing all the buttons. They might, they don't mind pushing that edge and making sure that I'm gonna t- let me let me bring your world. We're gonna we're gonna narrow it up. Right? You better do it the way I say. Right? These are some of the faces of what foolishness looks like. According to the scriptures, according to our text this morning. Not only do we see these faces, right? And maybe we see this, some of these things in our own lives. I do, right? I see it in my life. There are times where I wanna be simple. I just just wanna, I don't don't wanna worry about people's stuff. Hey dude, it's it's all you. You do it, you do you, right? Bella says that at home, and then I'm like, man, I want to get that right out of you. (laughs) Then she grins. She's like, I know, my dad hates that phrase. (laughs) But there's part of me that I I have enough to worry about in my own life. I don't need to worry about someone else's. You do you. And then I can get really narrow-minded, man. I can get really focused on what I think is right, and you better get it right, man. And then I get really demanding. And there are a lot of times where I think I know, and I don't need to listen. These faces exist in my face and in my life. But there's even something deeper, and we're going to call this a posture of foolishness this morning. We see this in the text when we read. It says, but since you refuse to listen when I call. Right? This this posture of saying, I don't mean to hear you. Wisdom is calling out. God is is leaning into us, is, is putting truth out there, but we just refuse to listen. Why show up in it? Right? I don't need it. I refuse to listen. Another part of that posture is that no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. So I refuse to listen. I don't even pay attention. Right? How many of you have gotten in a car with somebody who doesn't pay attention? Wow, yeah. Real fun, isn't it? Ah! <laughs> okay, good. You're alive this morning. That's good. <laughs> right? We got to pay attention. And yet, when we're, we're oblivious or we don't want to, when I refuse, when I don't pay attention, this posture isn't going to help me learn. It isn't going to help me grow. It will only ever keep me where I am. And not only do we not pay attention But we disregard all the advice that exists. Right? You don't know what you're talking about. I may not know what I believe. I may not know what I'm even talking about, but I'm gonna tell you this: you don't know what you're talking about. Or I'm gonna live with a posture just that just believes the worst in you and goes, you don't believe, you don't know what you're talking about. Or we all as children at one time thought our parents didn't know what they were talking about. And that's met with a huge amen, amen. <laughs> right? But that's that posture of foolishness. Believes again, you have nothing to teach me. There is nothing there for me to learn. I know what I know, and that's all I need to know. It's not going to get us, though, to the place that God wants us. It's not going to get us where he calls us, right? And he says the other posture is that when we don't accept correction. That's a tough one, isn't it? Whether you're teaching students in a classroom, right? Whether you're a friend encouraging another, whether you're a boss at someone, a coworker, whether you're a, a parent, whether you're, you know, like somebody who doesn't accept correction isn't then, again, remember, teachable. You can't teach. Right, I, I go back to, so as a Bear, Chicago Bears fan, I remember when Mike Singletary went on his rant as the San Francisco 49ers coach on Vernon Davis, poor Vernon Davis. I can't teach him. I can't win with him. I can't teach him. Now they have since reconciled, so that's good. Right? But we know that posture. You can't get ahead. You can't move somewhere if there isn't room to be corrected. I mean, where does that end up leading us this morning? A text says this. Well, well you know what? Let's, let's look at our pictures first. <laughs> so first, the simple. And you've already seen that one, right? Gullibility test, $1, and why not put a buck in? Or how about this? The mocker who uh, loves to mock. I don't always give advice, but when I do, it's brilliant and generally falls on deaf ears. Or finally, la, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> right, where does this get us, though? The end of foolishness. The scripture says this. Right? It says, they will, they will eat the fruit of their ways. They'll be fru- filled with the fruit of their schemes. Right? We're, we're responsible for our lives. We're going to get what we're responsible for. Verse 32, for their waywardness. The word waywardness means here faithlessness And also disloyalty. So when we're walking out of step with God, it is faithlessness. Because remember, wisdom is always going to come back to whether or not I trust God. But if I'm faithless and I don't trust him, if I don't believe he has the best in store, if I don't believe he's the source of wisdom for my life, it's waywardness. What's waywardness going to do? That lack of authority, that disloyalty, it'll get us killed. It will hurt us, and it will hurt others. It goes on to say that complacency, then, will destroy them. Complacency is is an attitude that says, well, you know, it seems like everything's going good, so my barometer is this. If everything seems to be going good in my life, I must be right. If I feel good about it, I must be at peace. But as we know, not every decision we make that feels good is always wise. Amen? Right? Not every decision we make that we think, you know, makes our life peaceable at this moment is actually the best thing. And it destroys us. But the good news is there's hope. Right? There is, there is something there for us. And it starts right away in verse 20 as we hear again, Right, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. If we see the face of Jesus in wisdom, we know in Jesus he came into the world and enter our lives. We heard last week on Pentecost Sunday that God gives his spirit in our lives that wisdom is constantly reaching out to us, pursuing us, isn't afraid to call out to us. Right? She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. God isn't going to sit off in a corner somewhere in, in, in like this lost and found game, right? This hide and seek game. No, God makes himself known to us and says, I'm here. He pursues us. He gives us his truth. The question is, will we listen? Right? There's hope because later in the scripture this morning, it says, repent at my rebuke, at my correction. Change your ways. That God doesn't come down swinging a four by four at us, right? Or even a two by four. None of those are going to feel good. <laughs> but He gives us a chance to turn from what we're doing and turn back, right? And the hope in this is not just that we'll repent, but then what? He says, then I'll pour my thoughts to you, right? I will make known to you my teaching. Not only am I calling aloud to you, but if you turn to me, I'm going to invest myself into you. Why? Because I've already done that by giving you my spirit. In whom already today you live and move and have your being. Right? So God's not saying you're a lost cause. The laughing earlier in the text is going, no, you don't get to turn to me just because I'm some alternative. Because that's not trust. Right, that's just. Oh, I think it might be better if no. God says, trust me, lean on me, repent, turn to me, and then finally, it says, but. And sometimes we got to pay attention to those little conjunctions, <laughs> those little reminders. God says, but here's the good news: whoever listens to me, you'll live in safety and you'll be at ease without fear of harm. Right? The complacency one one verse earlier, the complacency that will destroy you. Your perceived peace is no peace. But where there is peace in your life is in me and in my wisdom. And you're going to be okay. It doesn't mean that every circumstance your in is going to be okay, right? Proverbs are not promises that life is going to be peachy keen, right? That it's all going to be roses and flowers, right? It's not like we're going to be without harm. No, Jesus even says in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you as we hear again in John 14 of the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid. I am with you. There's a contentment, a true contentment, to be walking in the will of God. And God constantly is making that will known to us. In sermons and messages and podcasts around the scriptures. In our daily devotions, as you open up a little devotional that's, you know, five by seven or smaller, (laughs) as you jump on, you know, you version on your Bible app and follow your daily readings as you sit in prayer saying, God, speak and lead. As we listen to the counsel of others who've walked this life and who care about you, who are the embodiment of Jesus to you. Right? But will we listen? Will we trust? Because wisdom and foolishness, the determining factor is God the fear of the lord it again comes back to are we going to believe this story that we're 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 on that journey from the from creation to new creation where even though sin has had its way and continues to sometimes find its way into our lives christ has saved us the wisdom of god has shown us this is how life lived with god looks like this is what life lived in light of god is And by the way, he will empower us to live in his wisdom and in his life. There is hope. Folks, all of us, myself included, have a little foolishness in us. The fall keeps finding its way day by day, breaking in. But you're not a lost cause. To the Lord, you're not a fool. If you're found in him. To be found in Jesus. Is simply to say. Lord your will. Not mine. Let's pray. God thank you that you give us. The book of Proverbs. That you give us this. Truth that you give us ways. And and help us see how the world works. But before we dive into those. We uh, we just even have to wrap our minds around again what wisdom is and even what foolishness is. Father, I, I pray that you help us all be open t- to your voice, pointing out where there is foolishness in our lives. Lord, where you want to you get that stuff out of us. I mean, that's your hope for us. You didn't create us to be that way. And you certainly didn't rescue us to remain there. But part of that process, Lord, we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to see where we don't listen, where we don't pay attention. We have to see where we don't want to hear advice or we won't want to take correction. We've got to see where, it's, where we might just be taking the easy way out or where we think we need to be in control of every circumstance. And Father, in those moments, help us to simply repent, to, to say, Lord, forgive me. And to turn, to tor- turn towards you, to let your spirit do your work in us. So that as we read the scriptures, as we listen to messages, as we talk to friends, we can begin to discern what is right and what is true and what is just. And, and then we can discern too the other things that take life away from us. Lord, as we'll see in weeks to come, While we put in effort, so much of it relies on your effort in us. So Lord, thank you that you have rescued us from our foolishness. Thank you that you give us chances and opportunities to turn and to return to you. And thank you for never giving up on us, for continually calling aloud, trying to lead us into your truth in your life. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and all God's children Say, amen.
1: Well, I don't know about you, but I found uh, my picture in some of those fools, so I know that the Lord's got to do some work in my heart and in my life this week. Um, we're going to use this next song just as an opportunity for us to, to declare, to choose his ways and to seek his ways and that, to trust him in all these things. Pastor Aaron just said that, you know, wisdom is is trusting God in his ways, uh, so we're going to sing a new song, and uh, you might not know it, um, but just listen along and sing if few, if you feel led to, but there's a part in the song that I love, it just says, we trust you, we trust you, your ways are higher than our own, and I think there's just such a beautiful invitation for us to sing that out, uh, because, uh, you know, I heard one time the old Saint Eugene Peterson said that, We don't need to apply the Bible to our lives. We need to apply our lives to the Bible. And so we need to be the one that flexes and and molds to that. And so this is an opportunity for us, I think, to take that that invitation to apply ourselves to God's word uh, and to seek the way of wisdom. So let's stand together as we sing this song.
3: Also like in that song, Jesus, you are unfailing. Feels fitting to end with that truth for us. God's wisdom is unfailing because God is unfailing. Because Jesus who has come into our lives is unfailing. So we can trust him. His ways are higher than our own. Amen. Amen. Go with that truth today. That God will not leave you, will not forsake you. God will continue to lead you by His Spirit. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His smile upon you and give you His peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And All God's children said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace. If you don't mind stacking a few chairs and otherwise hang out and chat.